Well, listeners, after Curveballer 2, some lengthy battles with the Covenant, and having to seal Ganondorf back again for the umpteenth time, we are finally back from our hiatus to deliver our due dose of content once again. This is Modern Retrospect Reloaded. Hope you enjoy. You are listening to Modern Retrospect, retro hits and modern bits. I'm Yovan. And I'm Joseph. It has been a long couple months, and with them came plenty of tantalizing news and surprises. So for this podcast, we wanted to catch up on just some of the more highlighted headlines that got people talking, and obviously us as well. Alright guys, if you like what you've been listening to so far, subscribe, rate us, or leave a message if you feel extra generous. We got a fair amount to tackle, so let's dive right in. So, the first thing I'd kind of like to jump into is actually a a pretty big thing that I know you and I have basically been enjoying quite a bit of recently, and that was the uh, announced at (laughs) a little at the time in July, the Nintendo Switch OLED. Not the Pro, but, um, you know, a Nintendo Switch with an OLED and some minor improvements, like a better stand and stuff. So, to kind of catch up a a bit on that, I kind of get the feeling that... uh, some people are on the fence about ever upgrading to one. For me, I felt it was something I really, really wanted because I like having a, a nice, bright, vibrant screen, and it was a couple of nice benefits to it as well. And then you told me, of course, that there were a couple little uh, shortcomings on it too. You know, actually, uh, I have some updates on that. So, mm. uh, you know, obviously, we're this this episode is super timely. I mean, right? I mean, the OLED just came out last week, was it? <laughs> no, wait, what, what? No, so yeah, obviously. Not super timely, but uh, the OLED is not that old, right? Yeah, it's so about a couple months, it's, like two yeah, months old maybe. Yeah, it's still relatively new, but I, I don't want to jump ahead too far here. But well, when I initially got it, obviously the screen is gorgeous, but I had a few issues, design issues, um, namely <laughs> uh, the little tab to to um, open up to where you take out your game card. That thing is such a pain to open, and that opinion hasn't changed. It's still a pain where the original switch was easier to open a little tab and um the other problem i had was to take out my sd micro card which i have a terabyte one so i don't know if it's slightly thicker than the normal one it was a complete headache to take out. it would get stuck i just could not get it out i had to wiggle it out i felt like it was gonna break etc oddly enough um i don't know what happened um but uh, i guess it got a little looser so now i don't really have a problem taking out the micro sd card so that that um, no longer an issue. Screen is gorgeous. You know, um, the whole system itself is, is, is great. I love it. Uh, wish I had a little bit more power, obviously, but that's a mute point. Um, so yeah, I've been enjoying it. Yeah, me too. I, I'd say I was very, uh, disappointed. Do you remember when you got yours, like exactly when it was supposed to came come out and I got mine like delayed or backordered to like the end of October. So I, I really was sad that I couldn't uh, play Metroid Dread on it, which is such a gorgeous game to play on that. And I started testing the hell out of it, like Hades and, and Astral Chain. And man, like, it was almost like I was seeing them for the first time again. It It's 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 kind of funny to say that, like, I'm not trying to, like, I guess you could say, hype it up in such a way. But it truly is a wonderful difference when you play portable with, you know, a, a bit point extra inches of a screen. And it's bright and vibrant and... OLED truly, uh, truly is really nice, and for someone like me, it was a, a big difference. It made me actually want to play portable even more on some of the games that look so crisp at a uh, 720. 
So I yeah. think I think Nintendo kind of made it as a way of like you could say it's almost like a really nice revision. You can tell also the way it's shaped and how the new dock looks. It's kind of probably what if a pro does come out, it's probably going to share similar traits to that, especially like even the the nicer back uh pardon me, the back stand which is actually really nice. So you can tell it's almost yeah. like they were refining a couple details and hopefully not it, absolutely... It feels more premium. That's what it feels like. It just feels like a more premium product. Yeah, probably not keeping the little game card slot problem. Just add yeah, a little I indent. Like, they add I a little know. indent. That's all it's they need weird. to do. Add a tiny indent. So, um, but yeah, moving on from that, we want to technically jump into at least a couple of the Nintendo-related news. We're basically behind on the fact that there was a Nintendo Direct in September... Uh, that actually got a lot of people hyped up for a couple things. I think it was actually one of the better Nintendo Directs for me. Um, it got me pretty excited, some of the stuff. It was cl- It was obviously also them showcasing, like, you know, hey, Metroid Dread comes out in October. And uh, I have to say, I, I when I got the game, I ran through it really quickly. It's such a wonderful Metroid game. Um, I haven't played, like, a 2D Metroid game in a very long time, so that was... It, they really knocked it out of the park for me. Like, so I really I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at the notes... Um, and everything, you know, uh, Bayonetta, Metroid Dread, and then you put online service expansion snafu. Yeah. It's more than a snafu. <laughs> yeah, they shit the bed with that expansion, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> snafu is the nicest way imaginable. Yeah. Uh, but I could do a whole episode on how they shit the bed with that expansion. So, um, that's all, that's all I'll say about that one. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, funny how we're catching up on quite a few things. It's cause a lot can happen in like a span of like what, five months. And, uh, yeah. So to, to kind of, I guess say a uh, bullet point to spit. So yeah, they showed off Bayonetta three finally, which I thought was going to be at E3. I was late by about uh, three months. I was late about by three months hoping to see a Bayonetta, but you were right on the fact that it was not releasing this year. Uh, it's releasing next year. Uh, people are super happy to see it. It looks great. I'm one of those guys that is both likes a bit of her outfit and doesn't. Uh, but I would say that the game looks really amazing. Like, just even seeing a small gameplay trailer. And, you know, they delivered on the trailer. They really delivered on that trailer. There's such... It looks really great, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, it, I do miss the uh, the Bayo 2 haircut, though. That's my oh, no, I, I Yeah, I, I really like the Bayo 2 And haircut. the blue... My, my friend hates I, it. My friend hates the Bayo 2 haircut. I actually oh, really he, uh, You know, he shouldn't even be your friend anymore, honestly. Like, the, the, the blue color scheme with the short hair, mm-hmm. just perfection with the glasses, everything. That's my favorite version of Bayo, honestly. Yeah. But one of, I think, the, the surprises for the uh, Nintendo Direct that I think got leaked literally a couple hours before it went live was um Kirby's new 3D adventure game that kind of for me has a very a la uh, uh Super Mario Odyssey vibe and that's Kirby in the Forgotten Land. I'm actually really excited for that cuz it looks so fun. Like it's just taking like all the concept and and uh action design from the Kirby games that are 2D to and implementing it in 3D and it just looks really fun. Like it actually looks very exciting and dynamic. I love the way the art style looks. It really just gives me the feeling like it's going to be kind of like a Super Mario Odyssey to, to Kirby uh, game. I'm excited about the story as well. From what I saw, so, I mean, the, the trailer is kind of, you know, vague, but doesn't it show uh, Kirby kind of like in um, uh, a apocalyptic world and then um, he uh, loses his daughter um then some years pass and he finds another girl that kind of reminds him of his daughter and they oh build a my relationship god don't together even, don't even. And, uh, 
<laughs> oh wait no you're right that's oh different games. yeah wrong game that's right the last of us and yeah you're right um curvy i i got them confused that no but uh i'm digging the art style hopefully it's just not for show and they actually do something exciting with that art mm. style and the new direction because i bought every single curvy game that's ever come out and i've loved most of them if not all and the last one that came out for the switch i was pretty disappointed honestly and it's hard for me to be disappointed with a curvy game like my bar of what i need to enjoy a curvy game is pretty low and that's not a, mm-hmm. in a bad way it's just i know what to expect from a curvy and as long as they give it to me and and they did but just in the most vanilla no pun intended um straightforward way um and you know i returned it i i took it to GameStop and I got like 45 bucks back or whatever. And I've never done with it, that with a Kirby game. So uh, I hope that this one kind of tries something different, uses that art style, just not as a, hey, look at look at this art style. Isn't it cool? But then um, everything else is the same, right? Um, well, yeah. I mean, I, I'd I'm say excited. that. Yeah, I'd say the thing I'm most excited for is it looks like it has got a very large open world kind of area that's very, um, you can do a lot of exploring. And funny enough, it is kind of almost post-apocalyptic. It looks post-apocalyptic, but it's very colorful, very vibrant. He's like exploring some abandoned looking cityscape. Um, and he's just like, you know, running into all these enemies and stuff. But it's very beautiful. It's like, you know, that kind of idea where, you know, when everything looks all down in the ditch, but it's all like nice looking. So I'm, I, I think it was really nice to see that. I'm glad uh, Nintendo has a good way of showing nice trailers uh, when they actually do show something off. I really enjoy that. Like, they show nice gameplay trailers when they really want to hype people up, and I love that about Nintendo. So that was that was actually one of the nice things. One of the quick things that they... I kind of, a lot of people saw this coming. I kind of uh, did too. But it was nice to see it that Monster Hunter Rise is getting its massive DLC expansion called Sunbreak. Kind of like how Monster Hunter World had uh, Iceborne. So I'm actually looking forward to that, despite the fact that I'm really behind on Rise. But it's nice to see yeah, that they're we, putting we in that much effort. Of that. Yeah, yeah. We, we, um, we got to find the time to put a little bit more time into that. I enjoyed what I played, but sadly, I, I put it down uh, far too early. I, I got to say, though, Capcom really has fired on all cylinders on its franchises. They're very um quick. That's the word I'm looking for. They're very... uh attentive when it comes to their franchises that they're currently focusing on like the resident evil games uh the monster Hunter games uh i think what was the other one they released this year well no it was actually mostly monster Hunter resident evil this year but but they are very attentive on their franchises especially their big ones they've been working on so i've always found that to be nice um to quickly touch upon that online service thing uh i think at e3 as i recall they talked about the expansion past but they didn't talk too much about it other than the fact that there would be like uh you know nintendo 64 games and sega genesis games and when we finally got like a price point of how much more would cost you it is it's insanely insanely let's move on please i yeah I you're like you're like i don't i don't have like, that I energy i don't have the energy to get into that one right now so probably at some other please. point in case in yes, case uh, it has better value later <laughs> um anyways yeah, and one of the next episode on yeah. expansion path yeah, one one of the interesting things and one of the bigger things that was announced was the uh, Animal Crossing Direct, which later on showed that there was going to be whole DLC added to it and a huge update, which has pleased a lot of people, adding like in cooking and adding you're able to actually do a lot more customization and mobility and tons of uh, 
quality of life features which people have been begging for, including like different locations. And they added a whole DLC pack that I think a lot of people enjoyed. It was like taking a this uh, home designer kind of a DS game and turning it into a huge like expansion for uh, Animal Crossing, which looks really nice. I just feel like I would like to actually get the benefit of playing Animal Crossing again before I even think about doing that DLC. So that's kind of like something I'll think about. But a lot of people are very excited for it. It looked really good. I do want to get back to Animal Crossing. I think it's it's a wonderful game to play, but it's it's an endeavor if you want to put time into it. And uh, yeah, so I think that kind of covers a lot of the Nintendo stuff that actually happened. Uh, the last thing I guess I'd mention is there's some musings that Nintendo will have a small presence at the Game Awards. Um, aside from just, you know, being awarded. I mean, Metroid Dread is actually nominated for Game of the Year, which I think is fantastic. I don't think it'll win, but I get, uh, I'm really hoping we see something else from uh, Nintendo because uh, 2022 looks like it's going to be pretty packed uh, for Nintendo. So I think that's all I can really say on it. Do you have any last thoughts you'd like to say in regards to Nintendo? No, not really. I mean, I do, but I could go on and on and on about this, so... You know, it was, it was okay. Honestly, it's been a while ago, so I, I kind of remember some stuff. And the biggest thing that stands out is the, dis- the disappointment in the expansion pack and the N64 technical issues, the pricing, stuff like that. But whatever, you know, I, I could play those games in in, diff- in you know, a variety of other ways that are probably better. But it would have been nice if they would have given us, like, you know, 60 frames, uh, 1080p, blah 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 like you know quality of life features etc like really shown some love to these games and they kind of dropped the ball now they they said they were going to update it so let's see what happens but even if they do update it still way too expensive you know no i agree it's one of the first times i actually really didn't jump in on actually paying extra for something yeah you know and you know me man i'm such a huge n64 fan but you know i could go get uh, Ninja Gaiden on the Xbox. You know, I have a, a nice little Xbox collection, or original Xbox collection. I could go get Ninja Gaiden, Halo 1 or 2, or whatever, stick it into my Series X or my Xbox uh, X, and guess what is, uh, what's going to happen? It's going to play. It's going to play in 4K. Um, yeah. With, you know, or I could turn on HDR if I wanted. It's going to be 4K. The frame rate is probably going to be better, if not at least consistent. Um, and it's going to play amazing. It's the, it's the, uh, preferred way to play those classic games. Um, and guess how much, uh, Microsoft is charging me. Now I could be wrong here, but I don't think you need, uh, Xbox Gold or Game Pass to put in an old game in the system and just be able to play it. I don't think so either. I think it's all yeah, built into so their firmware. It is per- uh, built into it. Now, if you want, you could buy the game if you don't own it. Um, and it'll have the same enhancements, but if you own the disc, then that's pretty much your key to unlock the digital version. Um, so why is <laughs> why is Nintendo charging eighty bucks for a shitty emulation? Like that's really the ins- the insult here, right? Not only that they're charging eighty bucks. Now I know whatever you know, um, it's eighty bucks for the online system. Which come on, let's be fair, they're online is super basic. But 80 bucks for some Sega Genesis games that we played a gazillion times and some N64 games that the emulation is garbage. And I mean, it's just, you know, it's like, come on, if they're going to charge that much. So like, you know, the basic uh, season pass or, or their, their annual uh, online pass is 20 bucks, right? So how much is the expansion pack? 
No, no, remember, for if it's for family pack, because they do it two ways. So it's $50 if you're a single person for the expansion, $20 if you're a single person. If it's family, it's really expensive. Like, I pay $35, right? I have the yeah. family plan. And the and family plan is like 30, it's 35 yeah. So are you serious? $45 extra for... Yeah, it's like, $80 a year. It's insane. It, 45 extra for what? For some shitty emulated... No, the games themselves are not shitty. Some, uh, they're emulated shitty, um, N64 games. And to make things even worse, I can't even buy the controller. Like, I would have loved to buy that N64 controller. And mm. it's not even available. And they're like, hey, uh, it's not going to be available until 2022 sometime. We don't know when. It could be in the middle of the year. So the one fucking thing I wanted, which was the controller, I can't even buy. So the, the emulation is garbage. The price point is insulting. The The controller is non-existent unless I want to give my money to scalpers, which at this point it would probably be best and give it to Nintendo, honestly. <laughs> um, it, it's like th- there's so much that pisses me off about that expansion pack. Uh, that I mean, I am their target audience, right? I am the nostalgia, you know, grew up with these games, and I'm just disgusted at their effort, honestly. And Microsoft should be applauded for their effort of, keeping their old legacy games alive for free with super enhancements. They go the extra mile. A lot of times they upgrade the videos and enhance them to HD quality, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, speaking of uh, the enhancements, there's actually, we'd like I'd like to jump into that actually a little later in the, the conversation because I feel like it's something I do want to talk about a little more on. Yeah, yeah, so... Let's move on from this point before I, because I could really keep going more. Yeah, I could tell. Like, I love the fact that at the very end you started. I was like, trying. Going I was trying it, to I get past. I was trying to get past this without going into a tangent, but mm. it's just it's frustrating, you know. Yeah, it's, it is. No, I'd, I'd I say made it's my piece. Probably, yeah. I'd say for me, it's the biggest blunder on Nintendo's part this year. Like, I did Dude, not expect it to be that much. And what else do they have this year? I mean, this year has been super barren, right? Like, let's look at this list here. Metroid Dread was, uh, Mes- Metroid Dread was awesome, right? Uh, Super Mario Party Superstars, uh, pretty awesome game. Uh, what else, uh, you know, uh, Smash the Bayonetta 3, not coming out this year. Kirby, is that coming out this year? No, it's not. Oh, well, actually, one of the, one of the really nice things at least to mention is that we got our last, uh, uh, Super Smash Brothers character, and that would be Sora. And for a lot of people, including me, it was a very, very wonderful moment. I have to say, it's a very, very um childhood moment that I had. And uh, Sakura did a very good job of giving everyone that kind of closure feeling to the last character because it could have been anyone. Um, and the fact that Sora, after all this time, made it in, made it extra special for a lot of people. I saw a lot of reactions online, and. It kind of touched my heart, you know, like, it's just so sweet. It's it's very nice. You know what would have made this um, pass uh, really cool? This is what, if they really cared, this is what they would have done. They would have said, okay, you know, whatever. If, if you're a single person, it's 50 bucks. We'll ship you the controller. Um, the emulation is great, right? So if they did a great job with the emulation and they shipped you the controller, uh, one-time thing, uh, then you would have the controller and you would have great emulation but as it is they're overcharging for the controllers right the controllers uh the one controller you know um is 50 bucks so two super nintendo controllers were like 30 bucks or something like that um i forget how much they were but um but before you could get two controllers for the price of what they're charging for this one controller which is not even available 
Um, so if they would have had great emulation with the controller at the very minimum available to purchase, then this would have been a little easier to stomach. But, you mm-hmm. know, and it sucks because, you know, a lot of the games that they're adding, I'm a big fan of. Like, they went and, out, they went and got Banjo-Kazooie. So, you yeah. know, um, that is no small feat. They had to get on their knees for Microsoft to let them do that. And then they have Winback. Um, they just announced today that they're adding Paper Mario. I mean, these are bangers, man. Like, hell yeah. Winback, Paper Mario, Banjo-Kazooie, um, obviously, um, Ocarina Time, which Ocarina Time is nearing Resident Evil 4 levels of, oh, that game's available, like, in 50 other systems, you know? Yeah. Um, but I ain't complaining. Res- Ocarina Time is one of the greatest games ever made, yet the version on this expansion pack is so bad, so bad. And on top of visual glitches, it ruins the art style, the intended art style that the, the developers had, which the developers are Nintendo themselves. It has input lag. So, like, what the hell? So, you know, so now you have in- crazy emulated input lag on top of your wireless controller input lag on top of your your TV adding input lag, blah, 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 blah. Like, man, they just piss me off. Like. That, like they have some of the greatest games ever made and they're like here pluh, spit on you you know i'm gonna whore you out like a cheap five dollar hooker instead of like the queen or king that they are these games right like masterpieces and yet nintendo pisses on them and shits on them on the way out and gives them to their fans and and overcharges for them like not the games themselves because they're amazing but what they're offering is just insulting man like they need to get their shit together, and I've thrown a lot of money at them before blindly, even with subpar efforts. <coughs> Skyward Sword. But Aww. not this time. Not this time. I will not give them a penny for the expansion pack uh, until they get their shit together. And, and laughably, I was on, on Nintendo Life yesterday, and they're like, hey, the Nintendo voice chat app was updated. Do you remember that? Because no one else did. I, I chuckled when I saw that there was a, an update for it. I'm like, oh, awesome. They made something less worse. Why would I ever call anybody with with that shit app when I could just use my computer, phone, iPad, etc. And the experience is 10 times better, right? If if they really wanted to make this service worth it, other than fixing their emulation, is in, add in-game voice chat to the Switch, you know? Like, do a bunch of stuff. Yeah, they're, I feel like they're um they're pretty lacking on a, what's it called improvement recently on their online service. And while yeah, kind it, of it's been a while, we kind of hope it get better. It doesn't. It seems like they're thinking they can add more and somehow charge more, but there has to be a kind of give. It's always two um two steps. Forward. I was gonna say two steps forward, one step back, but sometimes it feels like it's one step forward, two steps back. Like uh, they added uh, the Bluetooth. Uh, support to the switch all right cool five years later awesome oh wait they don't support like there's a certain standard of bluetooth um i don't know the terminology but all i know is that using my apple ear uh you know phones i get like a two minute uh no not two minutes like two second delay on the audio there's delay you know Hmm. so like their bluetooth support has audio delay oh great right so well, actually, dude, that was weird. That was weird on mine because actually, mine had a delay for like a second and a half, but then it went away. It was kind of odd. Like it took almost as, like as time because like, I had to adapt or adapt or something uh, to it. So. Again, I'm not. 
Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you could get used to it. I'm, and I'm not an expert on this, all, but on the research I've done, it, you know, and, and, you know, it could have something to do with the Apple um, headset as well. But anyways, regardless, going down the rabbit hole there, very, that, that whole expansion pack thing overshadowed a lot of the other goodness here. Um, and then this year being a barren wasteland practically for releases, you know, it's just like, I haven't played my Switch like in the last couple of months, honestly, like I'm, like it's been all Xbox and PlayStation and that rarely happens. I normally play my Nintendo consoles more, but they're not, they're doing a shitty job of keeping momentum, you know, um, that, that's what I feel like they, they're squandering momentum. Like uh, last year, it was a barren year kind of, but we're like, ah, well, it's okay because 2021, yeah, and like this, the, the games are going to just roll in what games, you know? There's good stuff here. Don't get me wrong, but like, what was the last game? Super Mario All Star. That's cool. Or Superstar. That's cool. Skyward Sword HD. It's not bad. Metroid Dread. Cool. Like, really good game, right? But that's not enough to sustain you for a year. You know, it's not. You know, well, especially no, when Metroid see, Dread could be beaten in like in ten mean. hours. I mean, I suppose I guess uh, in some cases, due to the fact that there's kind of I guess they've been a lot from other developers. They have kind of what no. they call softened a bit of the blow, but it's been other developers mostly well, this year, well, especially Capcom, lot, actually. But what's a lot from other developers? Well, technically, I'd say it's mostly been Monster Hunter when I think about it. Yeah, uh, two Monster Hunter sadly games. Sadly, has been taken. Yeah, I yeah, suppose. Two, but, two I mean, they were, spaced games, out, but uh, they were spaced out pretty well, though. And then there, there was, were technically, what was it? There okay, was Metroid, there was Super Mario Party. But but the, 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 here's the problem, though. that So, for instance... Um, you, right? You're into Monster Hunter. So you bought the Monster Hunter games, right? Oh yeah. What if you're what if you're not into Monster Hunter game? Where's the where are the variety of game releases and like oh, like when you true. have the purpose of having a lot of game releases is it um no matter who you are, there's constant stuff like like if I'm someone and and I got into Monster Hunter for the first time this year and part of that was because there wasn't anything else. Like if there was m- other releases I probably would have skipped Monster Hunter, you know? I'm glad I got to try them, but if you're not into Monster Hunter, okay, well, fuck, you better be into Superstar, right? Well, goddamn, if you're not into that, then Metroid Dread, uh, you know? So, like, the, all the games that we could name, and there's not a whole lot, is contingent on you liking every single one of those genres and games. Um, and if you don't, then that um, the releases just get a little slimmer, you know, to virtually, like, wasteland that's kind of my problem that that direct was great although we haven't had one since so well yeah you know, i'd say well, well the directors in september i don't think they usually are often either like what every three to four months but most of all the stuff they showed said 2022 anyways so in the end it's just kind of like well i guess we're waiting for 2022 yeah so i guess so yeah yeah so in the end it's kind of weird because i know we talked in e3 E3 was actually them showing 2021, 2021, and then a couple 2022s. And most of their games, I think one of the other ones was Shinigami Tensei 5. That came out, I believe, like a couple months ago. Uh, not a couple months ago, I think like last month. Uh, I forget there was, I think, uh, I'm getting some of these uh, titles confused, but it was mostly a lot of games that technically were going to come out, and they were like smaller games, I believe. But I knew mostly third-party ones, but now everything's more like 2022. So, anyways, those are that's my piece on the Nintendo, the Direct, and they're kind of uh, the feeling I have right now of where they are, and hopefully, 
And I feel like I, I feel like I keep saying this year after year. At least for the last two years, I feel like I keep saying, hopefully, 2021. So hopefully, 2022 has a lot more releases from them. Um, or third parties in general, because it's kind of slow to a crawl, honestly. Um, I mean, I, I don't have any like a lack of things to play. But it would be nice to play new Nintendo uh, games. You know, we were better off with the 3DS in the sense of um, when the Wii U didn't have anything, the 3DS was coming out with, oh yeah, you got nothing to play on your TV? Well, here's a little link to the past. Bam, you know? Um, mm-hmm. uh, here's like this uh, Pokemon game, this, this, that, blah, blah, you know, Steam, blah, 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 Steam World, whatever. Like, I forgot the name. Which was that, the name of that game? I think um, it was like SteamWorld right. uh, Headhunter. That's what it was. No, 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 no. Any, anywho, like, it just felt like there was a shit ton of releases on the 3DS where I'm like, okay, yeah, there's nothing Oh, you're talking about the older ones, like SteamWorld Heist and SteamWorld Quest and all that. No, 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 the Nintendo one with the strategy. No, no, that was SteamWorld Heist. That's SteamWorld Heist. No, 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 the Nintendo one, like, it's a strategy game by Nintendo. Oh, that's a very good lord! I forgot the name of that one. It I, kind I of for, had I like a, uh, it was yeah. like famous people in like a steampunk like yeah, like like I forget the name of it. it. But anywho, like on the 3ds, they, they always had releases. Um, so like yeah, the Wii U didn't have anything. Although the Switch doesn't have much right now anyway. So you know, um, but I always felt like at least the 3ds was just bam, 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 release, 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 release. Um, There's always something interesting on the 3ds. Um, like if you think about all the third parties, you know, like on the 3DS, they had, uh, you know, like all those, um, what is it called? Um, Adrian Odyssey games or whatever they're called. Those dungeon hunter games. No, like yeah. Dungeon crawler. I forgot. Um, I forgot their well, name. Funny but... enough, they're still releasing them. I've seen quite a few of them actually on the Switch. On the Switch? Yeah. They're just not very prevalent. No. Yes. No. I've seen at least two of them. But they are under the radar these days. They're much more yeah, under uh, the well, radar. Well, I mean, I don't remember hearing about the release. But on, on, on the 3DS, they were getting physical releases, you know? You know, you had like... Oh, I'm going blank. I anyways, anyways, anyways. The point stands. 2021 just feels kind of barren in third-party and first-party releases. Um, well, I mean, technically, I'm looking more forward to 2022 anyways. I'm kind of actually... Well, it's kind of sad to say we have I'm no kind choice. of more done with... We're in December, and <laughs> I'm kind of like, ah, I'm kind we're of We're in December. We have year, no so. choice. Anyways, I do want to quickly touch upon something that technically we don't really talk much about, actually, before we get on to kind of, like, the 
more of the ending facts of Tekken we want to talk about. Um, but there was basically a day where Disney decided to talk about a bunch of their stuff for Disney+. Plus. And usually, like, I myself wouldn't find myself talking a lot about this, but the only reason why is because I feel like just how crazy some of the stuff they technically were pumping out was. Now, it was obvious that they were giving, like, that they were going to give updates on, like, Star Wars and stuff. So Book of Boba Fett comes out this month. I'm actually really interested in that. I'm really looking forward to that. Hawkeye came out just a little while ago. I've been watching some of that. So far, it's actually really good. And then they gave an update on Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi, which comes out next year. And that I'm super excited about because we do get Edwin, Edwin McGregor back. We do get Hayden Christensen back as Darth Vader. And apparently, they're going to be actually having a duel in there. And it looks like there's going to be some crazy Star Wars stuff that you don't get to see very often. I mean, come on. Like, it is kind of like the time. I, I would have never imagined being the, the age that I am thinking that I'd get to see this stuff ever live action. I got to hand it to Disney for really pushing it that direction. Um, and Edward McGregor seems super happy to do it. So that was great. And He wasn't doing what, much else. <laughs> well, I mean, he's been in, like, mostly actually small TV shows. Not small, no, actually. You know, I think well, he was what, in, um, what, No, he, he's great. Fargo. He's been in TV he's, he's, shows. He's great. He's great. Movies. I'm not, I'm not yeah. shaming on him. He's a good actor. But Oh, yeah, definitely. But I think his enthusiasm on it was really nice. It's always nice when someone actually likes to go back to something. You know, what, what stood out here is obviously X-Men 97. I dude, knew you were going to get to that. Dude, come on, man. Oh, but that's what I mean, though. Do you mean seem like, like Disney's just doing like crazy stuff with their... They want to do crazy stuff with their streaming service? Like, I've, I've never seen... If you look at this list, I've never seen of this many things coming back. So the Proud Family, the Proud Family... You have, uh, what was it, Tiana from the Frog Prince is gaining her own show. Baymax is gaining his own show. You have Willow, which was literally like an old classic movie, like a cult classic movie. That's getting its own TV show with, um, what's his name, Warwick Davis reprising his role. Despite him being like much up there in age. And and in the end, it's it's like all these things are returning. You have Hocus Pocus 2 coming out. You have a sequel to Enchanted known as Disenchanted. I mean, come on, like do you... I would never have thought any of these things would get either continuations or comebacks. Like X-Men 97 in itself is going to be like I'm 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 t- they said they're bringing back a, a good amount of the original cast, but I'm just curious how the hell they're going to pull that off. I mean, that's a lot of uh, like a uh, uh, drawing work to do. Like if you want to like capture the same style and capture the same feeling, like that's a lot of work. And you have a ton of these other live-action shows like Se- like uh, Secret Invasion, which will have Samuel L. Jackson. You have the animated zombies. You have Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight. And you have all these all these shows. And all I'm thinking about is just like, damn, like I've never seen a company literally do so many crazy things with it. And and I'm surprised some people said, oh well, they were underwhelmed on it. And I was kind of like, really? Like you don't get this stuff from other companies and. And I know I could say that Disney's kind of a conglomerate at this point, but in the end, it's just like, it's just impressive. It's just really impressive how they're actually pulling this off. Well, it looks good on paper. That's true. I'll give you that. I just want to, you know, um, I'm excited to see it come to fruition. Um, I do think their shows are too safe sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. like yeah, I can give you that. You know, like, I mean, it, it makes sense, obviously. Like, they're not going to go all Infinity War on us on a TV show, right, with huge implications. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the shows are they're shot beautifully. They have a big budget. Um, they, they, so far, I've liked the storylines. Yeah, the storylines are good, but the storylines are a little fluffy. They, they, you know, um, 
you know what? I'm split on this. They can feel a little fluffy. Like you'll sometimes you'll watch episodes of you know Scarlet Witch and 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 they almost seem like filler and and it wouldn't be too bad if it wasn't that there's like six episodes. You know, <laughs> they're short seasons, right? So like if oh, there's yeah. like six episodes or whatever, and you watch an episode, you're like, well, shit, nothing happened in that episode. The the Scarlet Witch one, uh, I forgot the name of that um, show. Oh, uh, WandaVision. WandaVision. That, it was, I liked it, yet it frustrated me that nothing seemed to happen. Like, they did a great job of making you think this stuff is happening, yet nothing happens. And then it would end with a teaser, and you're like, oh, man, episode three is going to be like this shit. And you watch episode three, and it's like, huh, nothing happened again. Um, it was a, then, it was a then, slow you, burn you, show, and, but I felt like it did a good job of how it accumulated. But it just didn't give you any answers until, like, the end, you know? Mm. So, like, you just watch, like, it just seems like they just keep pulling the rug from under you at the end of each episode and say, eh, 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 next episode, and you just never got answers until the end. Now, they got better at that as um, they did the other shows, but, you know, um, it they're, they're good. It's just uh, they're a little too safe. Now, just because there's some filler, filler might be the wrong uh, word like you know i'm not saying that there n- there needs to be like an infinity war style plot line but um i wish they had more weight right like no i like, i could understand th- that th- there's not like they're not killing anybody important because that's for the movies not well, like t- big yeah. stuff happens but not too big because that's for the movies like it just needs more weight in do you in regards to that that's one thing i will say is that I get the feeling that most of the weight, though, is left for the end. For example, a lot of them said when they asked Kevin Feige, like, will, when new movies come out, will you at least have to, will you, probably, should you watch the shows to keep up to date? And he says, no, you're probably going to have to, since we're having them very interconnected. And I think I know what he means, because the end of WandaVision, she's in a very different place. Like, she's in a very different mindset. She's changed a lot. And I feel like, dude, it's funny. So I feel like more of the weight from the shows is the character development and less of the actual implications of what's going on aside from maybe loki but i have no idea what Loki's going to do with that so i get the feeling that what i enjoy about them at least is i enjoy that they're almost like getting the chance to fully explore a character or a set of characters that didn't have as much time like wanda uh, Wanda Maximoff and Vision got a ton of time in here that made me actually really, really enjoy them. You, you, you know what they feel like? They feel like an extended, you know, um, extended movies or director cuts or whatever. Oh, yeah. And like, you know, like the Fellowship of the Ring, right? Um, mm. The theatrical is freaking amazing. So it's perfect, basically, like almost. Um, but then you watch the extended edition and you're like, oh, that's a neat scene. Didn't have anything like... Like leaving it out doesn't hurt the the movie in any way, um, but you know it it was a nice scene. It was nice. I'm glad I got to see that, and it explains some extra stuff. But you're not important because if you were, they would have left you in, and they didn't, so they cut you. But haha, you know I'm glad I got to see you. You know, anyways, that's how the shows feel. Like oh, that's neat. You know, some pr- character progression and development and. I'm glad I got well, to see Well, for me, I'm all, I'm all for but that But if stuff, I hadn't, I enjoy that the movie enjoyment would not have been, you know, any worse. And, and and if you were really important, they would have put you in the movies. That's kind of how I feel. But, you uh, know what? I, I'm, not, I uh, know. I'm not complaining. It's a little nitpicky. Um, but uh, let, let's put this put this back on the positive track. None of this matters <laughs> well, because well, I would, X-Men I w- 97 yeah. is coming. And... <laughs> but it's going to have some big is, shoes to fill. I mean, you have your nostalgia working for you on that one. 
dude. Uh, no, look, I don't. Have you ever seen that X Men show? I've seen bits and pieces. Have you seen it? Have bits you and really pieces. seen it? Bits because, and pieces. Yes, the animation is rough. Blah 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 blah. But the stories in the in that show was heavy, um, and they followed the comic book. Nah, not exactly, but they interpreted those stories and adapted them really, really well. They dealt with death. They dealt with racism, um, discrimination in the in the in the X Men kind of way. Um, and they, those shows had emotional impact um, on top of great action, etc. Like I, I, I may come off as like over exaggerating, but for a kids show where like oh you can't punch anybody you have to use lasers instead of guns right blah 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 like like kiss shows had all these restrictions back in the day um and this show was like cut through a lot of that crap and said nah nah we're not disrespecting you kids like this is what the x-men are about these are some dark themes you know people dying uh, having to deal with the emotional loss of your family friends um, discrimination, etc. They didn't shy away from that stuff, and they had the usual, you know, grandiose um, storylines. But they didn't shy away from these topics, and they embraced them. They embraced, you know, love relationships. You know, um, they didn't make Wolverine the main character and the leader of the of the team. Cyclops was the leader. They stuck to the comic books, and that's why this show is so beloved because it's just the X Men from the comics, PG. Or PG-ish for kids, but still um, with the spirit and the soul of the comic book. I'm super excited to see what they do. In plus, plus, they delivered one of the iconic themes of X-Men, which has basically been the uh, you know the main theme of all time, even for the movies. Yeah, like you know, um, Brian Singer. Um, I, one thing I loved about his movies, you know, his his action is is like watching paint dry. But what I do appreciate. <laughs> that he did is like you know obviously they took some of like the the like you said the theme from the, the music you could hear it incorporated in the music and he did the iconic scene where like the jet flies on the water and the water whoosh, splashes up that's straight from the cartoon and the music's um, all plain and you know you feel hyped up like yeah i mean the yeah, the composer you know? i've i've always thought this like the composer had like such an easy job. Like, man, the the theme is right there. Just uh, adapt yeah, the theme, just, right? Yeah, adapt it to like, be like a movie theme. You know, he did. A yeah, really and good that's kind of what he. That's kind of what he did, right? Um, and yeah. it's iconic. When I was young, and that was the first thing. First thing I saw, the music was very much in your mind. So. The only like one of my disappointment with the movies was like they they adapted kind of the theme somewhat, um, but um, not like the special effects. Now I know the special effects are could be cheesy, or whatever, but. Like, if you listen to the special effect of Wolverine's claws coming out in the cartoon, oh, man, it's like, whoosh, like, oh, my God, like, what the hell? Like, that is, like, in your face, I'm going to fuck you up with my claws, bitch. But then you listen to the movie, and it's, like, this limp, whoosh, like, really plastic, kind of, like, I'm like, oh, really? That's it? Like, and I know they went with a realistic sound effect, but, dude, this is X-Men. This is the comics. Like, when, when Cyclops sh- shoots his laser... And the, and the cartoon is, like, so iconic, but then the movie's, like, weak. Like, I wish they would have adopted some of the... The sound uh, the effect. cartoon sound effect. Yeah, but, like, punchier, obviously, like, for the movie, right? Now, funny enough, Brian Singer, when, when he adapted uh, Apocalypse for the, for the movie, mm. which was terrible, but... Hey, yeah, um, a lot of people are But great. one of the things he did that I appreciated is, like, um, during certain sequences, 
he he kind of mimicked the the apocalypse voice the voice actors that did apocalypse in the cartoon he mm-hmm. he um during certain sequences with apocalypse kind of raises his voice in the movie it goes straight into that 100% he uh he took inspiration from the cartoon apocalypse yeah, you could, voice. You could kind of tell as he went on later in some of the X-Men, he tried to be a little more cartoonish, but I think he just didn't do it as well to an effect that could have been done. So I, I feel like the X-Men f- uh, franchise went a little more off rails on that point. But yeah, well, it kinda... I would say that it's... I would still say, yeah, X-Men 97 is... Uh, that's pretty big shoes to feel. I'm just curious if it'll Get me if off it'll this X-Men up. train, because, man, I could yeah. keep going. I could keep going. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, but yeah, I would say uh, so far for me, Disney Plus was a, a very, or Disney Plus Day was an exciting day. I'm curious to see what, how it'll all pan out. ready to talk some halo oh yeah i I know you're ready for that you're ready for that so in my opinion ever since e3 one of the hugest things aside from forza having a a big presence after it was released uh, i played a bit of it really beautiful game runs great uh on the game pass uh aside from it getting a really big launch i can tell that after the launch of forza was out all the attention of Microsoft has been Halo. I kid you not. The amount of Halo news has been absolutely crazy. Before we get to Halo, we got to talk about the Xbox anniversary. And well, that's what I'm saying. Way when to we're do getting that. to that is that's because they released the Halo Infinite multiplayer early. Like early on the day of the Xbox 20th anniversary. When originally it was supposed to slate to come out, I think, just at the beginning of December. But they released it like two weeks and a half early. Ooh, I got a lot to say about that one. I mean, technically, we both have a lot to say about it. We we played it yeah, ourselves but, for the multiplayer and but, stuff. But before we go there, what was your first experience with um, Xbox? Hmm, that's a good question. Believe it or not, I do believe my first experience with Xbox was Halo. Infinite. 3. <laughs> oh, Halo wow, 3. That's not, a, that's not a bad first experience. Yeah, because as I recall, the two games that I actually was, more, was very interested in to play, because remember, the only time we played Halo, Combat Evolved was on PC, and it was a demo. It was not the full game. Uh, so when we finally did have an Xbox 360, the two games that eventually I got around to playing was Halo 3 and Mass Effect. And in my opinion, those are two very amazing games to play Like at the time. like They were really, really big deals, and they had good impressions on me. Mass Effect probably more than Halo 3, but Halo 3 was a really fun game to play. And it was very different from what I'd played before. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I got to try out a couple months, I think it was a couple months after the system released. I can't remember, but it had to be around that timetable where 
you know, I was like a GameCube guy. I mean, phew, my GameCube is amazing. And it was. And uh, my friend, who's a PlayStation guy, uh, I don't know how or why he was compelled to buy an Xbox. I just, but he did. He got an Xbox and he's like, dude, you want to try it? And I'm like, fuck, no. Why would I want to try that shit? Like, I got my GameCube. I'm, I'm straight. And he's like, well, I'm going to bring it over. And he brought his Xbox and he had Halo. He's like, you guys want to try it? And we're like, no, let's just play Smash Brothers, dude. Get that shit out of there. So, you know, after a while, he's like, you just get bugging. Like, All right, let's put this piece of shit on and let's try it out. Put on and, you know, what's the first thing you hear? Oh, you know, with the dun 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 dun. And then, dude, try multiplayer. And as much as I try to be, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, please, like, this isn't great. It didn't take long for me to be like, I mean, my friend kicked our ass because he had been playing it a little bit, but it did not take long for me to be like, wow, like this thing is amazing. Um, and more like the, the system was impressive, but the game was what really blew our skirts away. And right away after that, like all we wanted to do is just halo, 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 halo. I went and I bought an Xbox immediately. Um, not immediately. It took, it took a couple months. I think I got the, um, jet. Jet Set Radio, um, I think it was called, um, slash Sega GT. I think it was in early 2002 or something. So, it, but anywho, Halo was really what, like, I mean, I was a huge skeptic, like, pff, Microsoft, pff, look at this big, huge, ugly machine. And the controller was garbage, and it still is. I mean, it has nostalgia. People are like, oh my god, the Duke was amazing. No, it's all nostalgia. That is the worst piece of shit controller ever, <laughs> dude. It's like holding a brick um but less ergonomic than a brick like it is so bad like people are just nostalgic for it because it was like the first controller it is so bad joseph i have one i'll let you try it it is laughably bad um no i've actually no, i've know, actually the, had the, to play i've actually had to play on an old uh, xbox controller back then dude but uh, the s1 when, or the or the yeah. duke because the no, s1 no, i think well no you're right actually maybe it was the s1 the, or the, the s1 isn't isn't bad it's, it's not super great but it is it's, it's, it's okay it's good but the Duke, oh my God, the white and black butt, button placement is just like, were these guys like, like Microsoft offices just taking lines of crack when they thought of that? You know, it's just <laughs> that controller was just so bad. And that system was so heavy that they did the breakaway controller. So like if you if you hit the controller by accident, instead of bringing the system down and crushing you to, to death, the, the controller wire snaps away. Um, that's how heavy the machine was. But jeez. anyways um halo xbox live halo 2 i mean i'm i'm not a xbox fan like i'm a nintendo fan not to that level but halo uh, will forever be one of my biggest gaming experiences you know and in turn you have you know, xboxes that's the system you played it on so um happy 20th anniversary xbox yeah and it spanned to the point of uh, i should say when uh <laughs> Uh, four and five came out. Those were very different experiences for you. Uh, but I'd say which, being which someone who actually, huh? Which ones? Which ones? No, I said uh, Halo Four and Halo Five. Those were very uh, interesting uh, experiences for you. When did those come out? I, <laughs> I thought it ended after Reach. Oh, of course. Anyways, but I'm gonna have to, I would I'm have to go do my research. I don't remember anything after Reach. I'm sorry. Yeah, sure you do. Anyway, so the thing is. Is I feel like since it is the 20th anniversary, one of the things that they uh not only they did did they just uh pardon me not only did they release the Halo Infinite multiplayer which gave people an early taste of it, but they also gave a update on a bunch of the new games that'd be supported 
uh, you know, backward compatibility at 4K. They also said there were a bunch of games that they added the 60 FPS modes to. A really nice list. Um, and while a lot of people are pretty happy, you know, that Microsoft was doing that thing again, saying, hey, look how much we're supporting the backward end. They did say that, you know, sadly, this would be the last batch that they would be doing because they're kind of running into a... I guess you could say that it's it's becoming technically really, really hard to do now, and there's lots of licenses like 70 and games, agreements. Right? Yeah, and and yeah, those, I could those have... licenses are expensive, dude. Uh... Yeah, and I mean, I would say this: the amount that they've done over the last what three years has been impressive, nonetheless. They've been going hardcore, like trying to be super supportive, more so than any other of the three, and it's incredible. I, I, it's actually really, really uh, upstanding of them because it takes a lot of money to put that much software and hardware dedication into supporting the old generations and oh for sure like they pay they had to pay for all these games that would like that cost money research uh, manpower yeah, they, et they had a whole i think they said they have a whole team dedicated to doing nothing but that for sure so like the fact that they're releasing like they have hundreds of backwards compatible games and all that effort licensing etc and runs it makes better total than sense yeah for sure so it makes total sense that they're charging us extra for those games, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, they're not. Wait, uh, I knew what you were doing. No, you're I right. Knew they're exactly not. Is, no, what you were doing. Is... I caught it, and I was like, wait a second, what? No, this is it's totally free. Yeah. Oh, well, my bad. Who would charge yeah, extra? Yeah, let's, for... <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> just move on from I know where that's going. But but anyways, the thing I wanted to say was that while that while that, it's it's great, and some people are disappointed, like, oh, if this is the last batch, you know, there are a couple of games I was kind of hoping for, but... Yeah, because you know, there, there's I feel some like... noticeable standouts. Like, uh, th- yeah. there are um, I'm missing um, Guitar Hero stuff, Beatles, um, Rock Band, the Rock Band games. I think the Batman games are still missing. The mm-hmm. Transformer games are still missing, you know, um, War on Cybertron and the other one I can't remember. But there, there's a few in here. Lord of the Rings um, strategy game is missing. There's a few standouts here that are sadly missing and mm-hmm. we'll never get. So, like, that means that the 360 is not 100%. Like, I can't replace my 360 completely. Yeah, still. you were kind of hoping uh, to, but it's... I mean, I'll yeah. put it this way. They did a they did a really good job. Oh, for sure. And for, and sure. for them to even say that this was, like, the last batch, pretty sizable batch that they, uh, they oh, updated. Oh, for sure. So, it's, it's great. Yeah. Um, they, did, they did an amazing job. Yeah, I would say there wasn't um there wasn't too much else that they uh they got onto in the 20th anniversary aside from like you know special edition stuff they were releasing and the Inf- Halo Infinite multiplayer as well as basically you know um uh the you know the backwards compatibility passes and updates and stuff it was it was a very like um it wasn't the biggest thing but it was nice it was a nice little 20th anniversary of them yeah yeah um it was it was cool um it, they did an amazing job. Although, to get some of those games that are missing, like, say they said, guys, we put in a lot of time, money, and manpower to get you these hundreds of games for free. If you own these games, then bam, you get them for free, right? Just put the disc in, they'll download the uh, the digital version, right? Uh, and uh, But if any future new games that we add, there'll be like, um, you know, a $3, $5 fee. So, say they come out with the Transformer games, right? You put in the disc. Mm. Would you like to unlock this for $3 or whatever? Um, the Wii U kind of did this a little bit. Um, and you're like, yeah, for 3 bucks or whatever. Yeah, and then you get to download. So any missing games, you could um, download them digitally in your Xbox Series X. And that way, truly, it could replace the 360. I would have paid money, mm. you know, to kind of I mean, finish off the collection. 
I mean, you never know if technically they might not do a, that. It's not a they nitpick, did say but... it was the last huge batch they'd ever do, but... I mean, as I said, yeah. it depends. I really feel like it depends on demand. Uh, we'll see if it actually kind of goes any farther than that. I don't believe it will, but we'll see if it does. But as I said, like, it's, it's a nice thing. And actually, uh, speaking of, uh, I guess you could say, uh, impressions on these things, uh, as I recall, when uh, the Halo Infinite multiplayer came out, someone had a bit of trouble with the controls. Um, was that me? Oh, gee, yeah. gee, I, I think Yvonne yeah, kind of was. Yeah, to but be, to, to be fair, so, yeah, um, I bitched and struggled with the controller at first, and then I'm like, Joseph, this is different, and, and you were probably like rolling your eyes, haha, shut up and play. And then, like, this is modern, I got you this to play, then I got you to play Halo 2, and then yes, you had yes. the, the same exact experience, but just flipped, so you could yep. understand how if my, my true, like, my last experiences with Halo are the old ones, and then you play the new game, um, the controller is different, and it took it took a while for me to get used to. It. But but luckily, I could go, I, I went in there, and I think they have like a legacy option where I could match like the controls for Halo Three and some of the old Halo. So, um, for instance, like instead of um, pressing the left trigger to do the aim down sight or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you push on the analog game, stick. Um, oh, but good lord! I press down on the analog stick because any old school Halo fan, worse assault, knows that to snipe. Or zoom in with the gun or the battle rifle. You click on the stick. It's just it's Halo, right? It's like in Super Mario, A is always to jump. At least on the well, you know, the jump button is always the same. But then you change the jump button. It's like, well, what the hell? Like this is different. Like you know, it's just one of those um, series things. It's so ingrained in the series. And you're and you know, I, I know what you're saying. Like, well, like I need to um, adapt and grow and change and blah 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 blah, right? But it's that whole argument that if you change enough things about a series, is it still the series that you grew up loving? Well, I suppose, but I feel like controls can always be changed and shifted to what you want anyways. So I don't feel like it really loses much identity if you can literally just remap buttons. So I feel like it'd be more on an actual gameplay mechanic level that a thing can either lose or regain. Its I, I guess I guess you're right. You know what? Um, that's that's a good point. Um, maybe it's less so the stick, although. I don't know much people that change the, the the zoom in from the stick, but more so that, you know, the battle rifle zoom in, the sniper zoom in, um, the Halo 1 gun zoom in, etc. Uh, I think the rocket launcher you could zoom in, but you can zoom in with every gun. You couldn't have an assault rifle and, and like, oh, yeah. like, that was not so much zoom in, but hold it kind of like Call of Duty style. Um, so I'm not a fan of that. I'm just going to get, look, I'm going to get, um, I'm going to get the bad stuff out of the way. And I'll make it quick, I promise. So, Halo <laughs> Halo 4 is garbage. Quick? Halo you, 5. Yvon? <clears throat> yeah. Halo 4 is garbage. Halo 5 is less garbage. So, I was kind of cautiously optimistic with Halo Infinite. And besides me absolutely hating slide and hating run and hating aim down sight, because they're all from Call of Duty. And they are. Can't argue that. You cannot mm. argue that these are not staples of Call of Duty, right? They absolutely 100% are staples of Call of Duty, taken and then implemented in Halo. But to 343's credit, um, and there's other little nitpicky stuff like the music and the announcer, blah, blah, blah. But the gameplay itself is as close to Halo 3, Reach, etc. that they've ever come to. Like, I'm really enjoying, other than the sliding, blah, 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 but I'm really enjoying the multiplayer. And if, like I said, I think it's their best effort and the closest it's been to old school Halo that I've seen them get to. I didn't play a lot of Halo 5, 
But I played Halo 4, and Jesus Christ, that was so bad. That was bad. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would definitely say, as, as someone who played uh, a good, uh, I guess you'd say a bit of Halo 5, technically, the gunplay feels a lot tighter, a lot nicer how it is. They, they really started focusing more back on the basics with uh, Halo Infinite, which feels really great. Uh, as I said, I, I, I've so far been enjoying the multiplayer. I mean, um, would I say it's something I'd probably get really sucked into? I don't know yet, because I, I have a couple favorite multiplayer games that technically I get really into. But the Halo Infinite, I have to say, impressed me. I didn't know if I would like it or not. Uh, and after testing it out, I actually really enjoyed it. It's, it's very nice. I do know around the beginning, uh, it, a lot of people were happy with how it felt, though some people were annoyed with that the amount of experience you gain per match during the battle pass was pretty min minute which apparently they have updated currently and it does it is a bit better but it's yeah, <laughs> it's going to be it's, it's still in beta they're basically releasing well, this that's in why beta wanna, and... you know it's so so easy to talk about all the nitpicky stuff or mm. in some cases not nitpicky but so i don't want to get too into cuz like i said it is my favorite 343 halo multiplayer for sure some things that like stand out, like three four three's map design doesn't hold a candle to Bungie's map design. Like Bungie had so many, and and then us playing the Master Chief anniversary and kind of going back to some of these um, old levels. I'm like, my God, these levels are so good. I'm Joseph. These levels, no, are I agree. We were playing. Uh, wasn't yeah, we were playing brilliant. Halo Three multiplayer in the Master Chief collection. Zanzibar, yeah, you're right. It's, any yeah. Zanzibar is just. I mean, anybody wants to do take a class or a course in multiplayer level design, just go look at Halo uh, 2, 3, whatever, and man, like, just a master class of level design. And, and and not only that, but visually, there's a story going on the with the beach and the thing in the, the windmill in the middle. and the I mean, there's a certain art and story happening that even if you're not familiar with the levels, I would imagine that, it doesn't take long to be like yes that big thing in the middle yes like okay i'm now i'm familiar with the stage because it's just they do a brilliant job of making uh, the level uh immediately identifiable and you know so, some of the uh i think the 343 stages uh, especially halo, halo stages dude i can't tell you i mean we gotta play it joseph so i could show you those stages were so bad and and infinite stages are infinitely no pun intended better <laughs> yet some of them still lack um some of that art style so for instance like the the level that takes place looks a little call of duty actually but but the one that takes kind of like place in the desert mm -hmm. and there's that big door in the middle that's slightly open yeah yeah i love i love that level because it, it reminds me sort of like a bungee level where like i played that level once bam i got it big door in the middle I know where the entrance, it took one match to be like, I got it. I know this level. I understand it. I know my way around it, right? It has a visually unique design. Um, I get it. That that other level that takes place on the street is very like metallic and kind of like, I played that level do like 20 times. I still get lost in it. I still get lost in it. You know, now I have a bad sense of direction, but that level is just visually blah with very little identifiers. Yeah, there's a street market here and there, but it's kind of that. 343 of like they're getting better with the level design but then artistically not quite bungee level um there's that other level where um capture the flag where you can see your flag from two opposite points right mm -hmm. uh, remember that one no that I know that one, one. we played um, that one a lot yeah i love that level too reminds me of midship 
on um, Halo 2 and some of the other Halo 3 levels. Now, that's actually um, one of my favorite maps. It feels very yeah, nice and open, it's, good, nice yeah, nooks and crannies. A, it reminds me of a bungee design level. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. But yet, the the art style is kind of like where Halo 2 had midship where you were inside a Covenant ship and, you know, this and that. Right there, it's just, it's all metallics. Like, what the hell? Where am I? I don't know where I'm Maybe it's just me, but where, where am I? I don't know where am I at. Am I in a Covenant ship? Am I in a Brute ship? Am I in, in the in the autumn? I don't know where I am. Where does this take place in the Halo um, universe? It's just so bland. And it's doing the level design a disservice a little bit. So that's kind of a 343 thing that I've noticed. But, you know, other than that, well, not other than that. There's other little nitpicky stuff, um, <laughs> lack of playlists or whatever. But anyways, 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 the core gameplay, which is the most important thing, right? And, um, this wouldn't matter if they, if they nailed the level design, the art style, blah, blah, blah. But the core gameplay sucked then nothing would matter so the fact that i'm having a lot of fun with the core gameplay and the shooting means a lot and i'm in fact i'm i haven't been this excited for halo since halo 3 so that's my opinion on halo yeah, Infinite. I'd, I'd say and a, a quick little thing to add in uh that the new trailer for the campaign that they released man Ooh. it's nice to see Ooh. a good trailer for halo oh man joseph my hair stood up on my arm Oh man, dude! I played that that trailer like four or five times. Reminded me of um, when that Zelda Breath of the Wild trailer came on, and I just kept I know, playing it's... it. That that trailer is the shit, man! And finally, three for three, stop being ashamed of the Halo music and themes, and said like, "Yeah, we have this iconic music. Let's put it in the trailer and in the game." I don't know if it's in the game, but that music with the with the heavy percussions. Um, and just the, the way it was cut together, mwah, dude, beautiful. Like, I give them an A plus on that trailer. Yeah, I, I do, watch and it right I love the I love the huge focus too on Master Chief. It's just basically him teamed up with an AI to take on the Covenant, and it's just it's that, that's just what you need. really no. But, Joe, but I like the fact need. that. But do I like about it? I like the fact that there's enough new going on in the game to feel like there's something interesting going on. But yet it's very focused. I like it when a game shows you it's focused. Because no, no the other rock, the other uh the no problem I had with five Osias team or whatever they're called. Yeah, I mean the problem I have with five no. is you just it wasn't focused at all and it was it was very artificial. Very, very artificial. Yeah, we we talked about like this I mean, we could do episodes on the story and, and people have done episodes on just the story, but this one man and again the trailer's just a trailer. The, the you could play the actual game and you know, be something else. But so far, based on trailer, man, just Master Chief, man. Not Locke, not another Spartan or Spartan from 300 years ago. No, man. Master Chief, with his color scheme and design from Halo 1 and Halo 3, with just, you know, killing the Covenant, um, Elites, the Brutes, with the music, dun 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 and then the percussion, jumping off a, you know... Uh, uh, Not to mention uh, some badass freaking, one-liners in that trailer, yeah, too. Yeah, dude, jump, jumping off those uh, um, airplanes or jets or whatever, coming down with the rocket launcher, grabbing the, that that tank, energy tank, tossing at the building, you know, shooting the brute in the head, knocking his helmet off, then giving him two between the eyes. And, oh, dude, I, I could not have been more pumped. Master Chief looking the way he should, kicking fucking ass, no lock team osias uh you know cortana going through her period and destroying the world like just <laughs> just master chief man one man army 
I got this, guys. I'll lead the way. It was beautiful. Like, if anything else, whatever happens with the game, that trailer will forever be legit and epic. Oh, definitely. No, I agree. After I said, it's it's rare that I get excited watching a Halo trailer because it's just, I've not really, as a someone who's not been the hugest fan for a while, I just, you know. Because it sucked for a while. Joseph, because well, it sucked Funny for a enough, while. but funny enough, I actually, uh, back then, was pretty excited to uh, play 4. I actually, at the time, really liked to see what 4 was like. I just never, we never got around to it. It wasn't big on my list. And eventually, it fell by the wayside. And then 5 was announced. It fell by the wayside, too. And Yeah, well, 5 was, like, misleading. Remember, like, the trailer of, like, we're hunting the sheep down, blah, blah. Yeah, no, I, in fact, when I was, you know, when I was even bullshit. playing, when, we, when I played the campaign with you in co-op, I expected more of that. And there was practically barely anything of that. Yeah. So, it, you know. It was, um, like, minimal. Like, oh, we hunted him the, for a hot minute. <laughs> Yeah, ex- well, I don't even remember. And, and and trailer has a strong lineage of like amazing trailer. Like uh, the trailer for Halo Two, uh, where it starts out showing like gameplay, and then it goes into like a cutscene of him being chased, and then he ends up at uh, at the end of a bridge surrounded by a bunch of uh, elites, and then like all these things are coming down from the sky because they're invading the Earth, and then Cortana tells. Master, like, Master Chief takes out a sticky bomb, and then Cortana says, bet you can't stick it. And then Master Chief says, you're on. And then he throws it, and it, like, goes to black. Oh, my God, dude. Like, me and my friends, we lost our shit. I could not be more. Mario, who gives a fuck? Zelda, I don't give a shit. It was all about Halo 2 at that time. That trailer was, uh, like, I can't express to you, like, that, that phrase, bet you can't stick it, is still on like so iconic that me and my friends still sometimes repeat it like bet you can't stick you know it's such an um, and then halo 3 was no slouch too with his freaking iconic trailer of him looking down like at a big covenant thing and then the ground opening up and ah dude halo was just known for the most hype trailers and then halo 4 came out and insert laugh track and then Halo 5, which, which was interesting, but not hype, and more, and then turned out to be incredibly misleading. But now oh, this man. trailer? Fuck, man. Can I, I'm drawing my money at Microsoft. Yeah, right and now. I like the fact it was just basically showing off, you know, what you can do in the game and a bit of the story that's going on. It looks yeah. great. Let's, how, that's all I want to see. I want to see how it how looks. How about that, right? So, H- Halo 5 was just like, oh, we're hunting him. All, all this melodrama garbage, right? They probably spent... You know, they, they spent so much money on that because if you remember the trailer, it was a mix of live action and whatever. Oh, yeah, totally. They must have spent yeah. a shit ton on that trailer and you could wipe your ass with it. But here is a trailer cut from gameplay to Halo music. Iconic, old school, um, you know, slightly kind of um, changed, but Halo dun, 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 and just cut to him doing what Master Chief does best and is a gazillion times better than that overproduced, over-expensive garbage that they cut for Halo 5, which was um, fitting because it fit the overproduced garbage game. Yeah, it's, uh, no, I'd say it's, I'd say it's a long time coming. And when you really think about it, it's one of those few times that a franchise is kind of realizing like, okay, like, yeah, we need to, we need to get back to it the only, basics. We need it to- only took two games for 343 to be like, uh, it's almost like 343, you know what? What this this is hubris, dude. This is three for three saying like disrespecting. Um, I don't. Okay, I want to get around it because it has to be said. It has to be said that three for three was just like we're gonna they they 
they took something that they didn't build, that was built on the shoulders of other people, and they got on their high horse and they're like, no, 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 all these Halo conventions and Halo uh, norms and and tradition, piss on that. We're fucking three four three, Bungie. Who we're gonna change everything you love about Halo. And you're going to fucking love it because we're the new kids on the block. And they fucking fell on their flat face. Like, if they would have done it Breath of the Wild style, then yeah, you know what? I would I would be here being like, yeah, this is different than I grew up, but it's fucking badass. But it wasn't if they fell on their face. And then with Halo 5, they try to be like meat in the middle between, all right, we're going to still do some Halo 4 stuff. But eh, we'll, we'll, we'll throw some bones to you old school fans and try to and, and mix it. And just just didn't work. Not for me, at least. And now with Halo Infinite, they're like, okay, you know what? We get it. We get it. Um, I think they're under new leadership, too. The guy came out on IGN Unfiltered recently, and he's an old bungee guy. So it seems like they, they kind of said, all right, all right, fine. You guys want Halo? We'll give you Halo. You want the music? You want the gameplay? Blah, blah, blah. And you know what? Because they're doing that, then stuff like the slide and the running and and you know and, and some other changes I don't like, I'm willing to kind of forgive them because they're giving me enough Halo that I'm willing to let the new stuff slide. Oh, damn. Man. <laughs> you set that one up too easily. Oh, God. All right. That, that is my rant. Um, one more thing. We need more classic Halo announcer. Um, that is all. Yeah, I, I remember you told me there was a petition for it. So uh, speaking of that, I think recently they announced that uh, Halo Infinite players who actually do have the Game Pass Ultimate uh, do will be getting monthly benefits uh, in the multiplayer, which I think is nice. I'm kind of like, oh, that that's a nice little perk, you know, uh, to be playing it and everything. So I feel like that's a nice little incentive for me. And uh, speaking of which, there are a few games during this month uh, for the Game Pass that I'm pretty excited about. The Gunk, a very funny name, uh, for a game that's actually the first 3D Microsoft Studios made ga- or, or funded game from the people who make the SteamWorld games from Image and Form. So it's their first 3D adventure. And I'm excited for that because I really like the art style. And it looks oh, really yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, I saw the trailer. Yeah, yeah and so I'm, I'm just yeah. happy. It's nice to actually be able to test these out if I like them, you know, on Game Pass. They come out this month. So it's kind of nice to see actually what that what's going to appear. So I think the... I think that actually, as far as I can tell, covers what I wanted to get into. We talked about Nintendo, that happened, the recent stuff that's been happening for the last few months. We talked about the Disney Plus Day. We talked about the 20th anniversary as well as Halo. Because as I said, it's been, it's been mostly a lot of that. There's so much to talk, m- more to talk about, but it just we'd be here forever doing that. And the last thing I want to just kind of, I guess, finish up on is what you're currently playing, Yvonne. All right, I'll make this kind of quick and sweet. So... I'm playing Guardians of the Galaxy. Super funny, kind of buggy, but I'm loving it. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I recently also passed Resident Evil 7. Uh, I had stopped playing it for no reason other than just I, I got distracted. But uh, I ended up finishing that one. Pretty cool game. Super, like, uh, not super, but harder at the beginning. And then got super piss easy at the end, unfortunately. But it was, uh, But I liked it. And then I went back and finished Resident Evil 3, which I really liked. Uh, I might have actually even liked more than Resident Evil 2, just for the fact that Nemesis which is, wasn't such a bitch like um, Mr. X, where that, man, that guy wouldn't let, leave you alone. It's like a crazy ex-girlfriend is like, get off my balls, dude. Leave me alone. Let me solve some of these fucking puzzles. You know, in the original Resident Evil 2, 
like in the library or whatever you can solve those puzzles uninterrupted but here mr x is like fuck dude get the fuck away like he chases you throughout the whole police station and you can't shake the motherfucker and all you want to do is just you know uh, any good horror movie or horror game will have its tense moments and its moments of like where where you're able to take a deep breath like a breather and those moments are important because it makes the tense moments and um, even more tense right um here mr x is a little too intrusive it's like I just wanted him to leave me alone, you know, so I could um, explore the police station, look at that gorgeous graphics, solve the puzzles, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, typical modern Capcom where um, they always need to put action in your face. Mr. X just wouldn't leave you alone. So that's I'm in the minority in this probably, but that's my biggest issue with Mr. Exit. In fact, Mr. X felt more like Nemesis and Nemesis felt more like Mr. X because in the original Resident Evil 2 Mr. X comes out in a few scenes and they're scripted but then once mm-hmm. you lose him then that's it you lose him so so you actually finished 2 then 3 or was it just 3 that you were no finishing? I finished 2 I think last year and then I went straight into 3 and I left off towards the end and I, so I went back in fact <laughs> funny enough Resident Evil 7 and 3 I left off at the end so I was able to finish both games by at, by playing like an hour or so of each one um, and then I, last night I started Village, um, and <laughs> dude, they take, inspiration might be the wrong word, like, man, not copy maybe, I, I guess heavily influenced by Resident Evil 4, in fact they rip it off in some ways, but it's Capcom so they can't rip off their own game, but <laughs> Very you know, much. like, you start out in, in the woods, go to a village, something's off, you get attacked by one guy, then they ring the bell, whatever, then everybody rushes you. You could barricade yourself in, in the cabins and, and, and they just keep coming and they keep coming. And no matter what you do, they keep coming, they keep coming. And, and then, and finally, when you're like, Oh my God, I have no more bullets. I have no more ammo. I'm about to die. Blah, blah. And then bing, bing, the, the, the bell rings on, on the, in the tower. And they're all like, Oh, you know, vamonos, vamonos. Yeah. Oh no, wrong game. No, I'm sorry. They all kind of grunt. So and basically, they it's, all leave. it's just very, it's and, very similar. Yeah. Like almost. Oh, dude. For, it's been well, that part beat, is basically that part is almost B two B. That ending part is almost B two B. And then Ethan, which that's the the main character's name, he kind of gets up and he's like, "What the hell? Where'd they all go? Bingo!" <laughs> I know you keep incorpor- I knew you can keep incorporating Leon from Resident Evil Four. Ah, like, there's yeah. so many, no, but um, so many parallels. But, but um. You know, but it was crazy intense um, and almost frustrating. And so it's kind of it's kind of more frustrating because um, the the enemies are really quick in this game, like really quick. They, they look like kind of Neanderthals or whatever, and they move really fast. Like the way they kind of these aren't your daddy zombies. They they make quick movements to the left and right, and they're very athletic, and they rush you fast. And your your gun, you might as well be pissing on them. Their their gun is useless and is you know i still need to learn the mechanics but you know resident Evil 4 has so, such clear mechanics of like if you shoot the legs they'll fall if you shoot the face they'll stagger backwards um but it's resident Evil 8 it just were, feels like you're having to get used to a bit more yeah yeah and it's like since it since their movement is less um mechanical and more like fluid it's harder to like they'll dodge like crazy and so whatever. So I'm, I still need to get used to it, um, honestly. But anywho, um, I, I'm I barely survived in that area, and, and that's where I saved. And 
you know, other than that, you know, Halo multiplayer, you know, Gears of War 2, that was a lot of fun. Revisiting oh, yeah, but you, you got game. me into playing that with you guys. That was actually pretty yeah, fun. Yeah, Horde, yeah, classic Horde mode and Firefight on Reach is just brilliant. And, you know, we've been playing uh, Halo Infinite, as we discussed, and we've even done some rounds of Halo um, 3. Uh, we won't talk about Halo 2 because... Whatever. Blasphemy, what you say about that game, but... That's it, yes, man. Um, indeed. That's it. That's what I've been playing. Yeah, so for me, it's I. It's funny because I think you got Guardians of the Galaxy before I did, like maybe a couple days before it went on sale digitally. <laughs> and I ended up just like, I sunk so many hours into that game so fast over like the weekend. and Dude, then I, uh, I had it like days. three, four games ahead of you, and I think I only put in like an hour. And then yeah, like, I know, right? you and get it. I, and the next day you're like, I put eight hours. And I'm like, Yeah, I know. It was, it was during the shit. weekend, and I really pushed through that game. And I have to say it's... It quickly became one of my favorite single-player campaign experiences of all time. The story is really good. Um, the characters are great. I love them. The acting is really, like, it's kind of funny. Like, at first when you play the game, you're kind of like, you know, you're, you're having to get used to the voice scene. It's very different. It's, it's not like the movie characters. Um, but then you slowly just realize how much you really enjoy the voice acting and, and how the characters come to be. And it's so in-depth. It's deeper than I expected. It's a wonderful game. It's not the it's the hardest game ever, and it's the combat could use some refinement. But I always felt like I was having fun playing the game. Great art design, great storytelling, uh, wonderful graphics, and all around just a fun example of a simple, linear, single-player-driven, narrative-based game that you can just play and enjoy. And with all the different little details of how the characters react, and all the amazing amounts of dialogue that. Uh, twist back and forth depending on decisions you make or how you pick certain outcomes is just wonderful it's it's one of the most it's one of the blends i've never expected to see in a game and i've played games like mass effect where the decisions are all the time so it was just a really great experience uh there's a lot of info you can tell they took a good amount of influence from other games but it solely felt like its own it kind of reminds me a little bit of um obviously it has a lot of influence of mass effect um but there's a lot of also Last of Us 2. Um, I don't remember. You remember? In, have you played Last of Us 1? I've only played well, like around the beginning. Well, it, I mean, it, it doesn't matter because in Last of Us 1, <coughs> it's not a spoiler, but bless you. In, in those games, as you're walking around with the characters, they're always talking to each other. They're never not talking to each other. It's not so much like, um, I don't think you could pick like uh, responses or anything like that, uh, which in Galaxy you can. But they're just always talking to, and they're always commenting on this and that. Hey, over here! Hey, I found something. Yeah, and it's the level of detail of how well they talk to each other. Like there's so yeah, many and dynamics. Takes it to like a level of, of interaction and team dynamic that I've probably never seen in a video game. So it's pretty no, cool. that's that's exactly what I could say to it. The way they interact with each other really felt like real people. Like how they where their positioning was. They'd go from here to there. Anything that they ran into, they would talk about, and it just it and it do and it never felt annoying. There are games I've played where you just want the characters to shut up because nothing they're saying is interesting or they're annoying. But I never felt annoyed. I felt Did you always say Halo like. 5? <laughs> oh God, Halo Five was very bland on that dialogue. God, I really got bored a lot on that dialogue. But anyways, the. The the thing is, it, it's a really good game. I had a great time playing it. I plan to play it again with the, the movie costumes as well. I really enjoy the the video game look, but it's it's nostalgic for me to play it slightly differently with the, the movie costumes. Uh, put more time into Monster Hunter Stories 2. I feel like I'm getting close to the end, but I'm not there yet. I recently started playing For Honor, 
uh, multiplayer, which has been such a different type of multiplayer experience, but I really love the sword play. It's probably the best uh, controller dual stick sword fighting game I've ever played, and it's great. Uh, it's, you it's were showing me some of the footage? Yeah, it's super skill-based. Like, good God, if you want to compete in this game multiplayer, you really got to know the dynamics and the mechanics. Uh, it, it's it's easy to start and it's hard to master, but man, do you feel like a badass when you take on a, a real-life player and you best him. What I, from what I saw, the gameplay looked really sharp, and you oh, have very. to be on point. Very much. Like, And you impressed me one time. There are certain special moves you can do on a, a person or special perks if you're like in one of those big battlefield missions online. And some of them is like throwing a smoke bomb. And if the smoke bomb hits you, it causes your HUD to disappear. So you can no longer see where the character is going to attack you. And what actually made me knew that made me know that I was getting better was that I became, even though I couldn't see where he was going to attack, based on his movements, I guarded him all three times. Like, by just did looking you, at his uh, arms. Did you close your eyes, like, in uh, Bloodsport? Very <laughs> funny. But I'm just basically saying, like, it, it, the game really does eventually, like, have, a, like, an impact on you where you feel very professional. And I think it's very nice. And you don't go wrong. You run into some trolls. You run into some people who get a little salty sometimes. But it's been great. And as, as you were saying before, we've been playing Halo. So we were, like, been going through Halo 1 campaign, you know, and... We've been playing multiplayer in Halo 3, Halo 1, Halo Infinite. been lots and lots of Halo, actually. Halo Firefight. Probably the most Halo I've ever played in my life. Like, definitely you, over you the know, last so I was watching a, this YouTube guy called um, Ackman. You know, I just sent you the video. And he made a really good point. He, I, I like him because he does an amazing job of, like, like I know I could feel something is off. And, I, and sometimes I even express it to you. But um, he does a, a really good job of saying, like, just putting a spotlight on this is what it is and i'm like yes exactly and one of the things he had mentioned is so like in halo one right um you know how when uh, we're running through the corridors or through um outdoors or whatever there's different ways you take you take out the enemy so just you know imagine uh and one of the like the corridors that we're running through right and you run into a room and there's a group of enemies how do you kill those enemies do you draw a grenade at them do you shoot them with your gun do you slap them do you pick up another weapon or all of the above? I would argue all of the above. You, there, you, there's so many ways that you could go into a room in Halo 1 and handle the situation. And a lot of it is up close and personal. Like, bam, you slap them in the back. You shoot them, slap them again, take them down, pick up some grenades, throw it at a, a group over there, um, then throw another grid over there. Then, oh, here's an elite. Shoot them, slap them again. You're up close and personal a lot of the times, you know? But you could also be far with a sniper. Like, there's so many ways you can handle a situation. And it just makes it fun. Um, when we were playing Halo 5, and I noticed this in Halo 4 too, uh, when I was playing the campaign a long time ago, the best way to handle encounters in Halo 5 and 4 is to shoot them at a distance. Because mm. um, there's so little, like, method, because they're always disappearing on you, they kill you super fast. Like, there's, you know, in fact, in Halo 5, you don't even want to kill them when you're close to them because the light would just blind you. It's so annoying. Yeah, I remember that. You don't even want to kill them when they're close. Like, so what you end up doing a lot is you end up shooting enemies from a long distance, almost the whole game, just um, from with a battle rifle or whatever. And you're always running out of ammo, always running out of ammo. So, like, not only is there 
the variety of how to handle skirmishes is um, reduced to shoot at a distance for the most part. But you're always running out of ammo, so you're always like, oh, fuck, Joseph, I have no ammo. I have no ammo. You're always searching on the floor. Where's ammo? Ammo. How often does that happen in Halo 1? In Halo 1, you're not like, oh, like, I mean, it happens, Joseph, but not that often. No, but most of the time you can go through, you can go through a ton of uh, an entire section without having to, yeah, grab, you could, like, yeah, uh, change your weapon or anything. Ton, there's tons of ammo. So, like, and not only that, but there's a shit ton of grenades on the floor. They, it's, a, it's such a small thing, but it's brilliant. There's always grenades for you to pick up. So, what that means is since you're always stocked up on grenades or, or the uh, sticky bombs, you're always like walking into a situation and sticky bomb here, sticky bomb there, blah, 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 blah. There's so much fun in how you take care of them. But in, in Halo 4 and 5, once you run out of bombs, that's it. You're fucked. There's hardly any bombs. You know, that, that, actually any reminds, that actually reminds me, though, that in the end, I feel like you can kind of tell that's when certain things changed in first person dynamics where it became less of having more, oddly enough, and they thought making it more challenging meant you had to have less. Uh, but I feel like that's something actually I want to see if we'll run into that same problem on Halo Infinite. Yeah, since it's gonna come I'm out very, in like what six I'm, days. I'm curious. So. I'm curious too because you know I forget the name of those robots in Halo Five and Four that that kind of disappear in the flash. But mm-hmm. think long and hard. Well, like we played through that whole game in Halo Five. How often do you remember slapping them to death? Because no, I don't know really. if I did it once. No, I don't think. Right? We, I don't think I remember. I think I might yeah. have did like. Yeah, it was it wasn't often. I don't I even remember don't thinking remember you doing. No, usually you blew them away all the time from a distance. Exactly. Yeah. Now that yeah. I'm thinking, and and in Halo One, that is like that is a strategy. You you there's an elite. You shoot him, slap him, shoot him again, or shoot him, slap him, slap him. Like slapping is part of like it is a rhythm. Grenade, shoot, slap, slap, shoot, grenade. It's it's a total dance of combat. The super fun and exciting, but in Halo Five, it's like shoot, 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 shit! I run out of ammo. Shoot! Oh shit! I run out of ammo. I mean, it's uh, you know, it, it's subtle. I would say technically, I feel like sadly we won't be able to find out kind of together like we did in some of the other Halos, just for the reason that uh, Halo Infinite's going to be uh, really delayed on its co-op. But I actually feel Ugh. oddly enough very compelled to play the campaign alone as well because I'm very interested to see what it does. Uh, cause I have to say, I'm pretty excited. I've not really been that excited for Halo. I'll try it. It's, it, it would be the first campaign of Halo I've ever passed on my own, other than Halo 4. <laughs> but that's just because none of my friends wanted Halo 4 at that point. Halo, I know um, to play, yeah, so. Cause of the multiplayer, but, yeah, I mean, but anyway. But yeah, but yeah, that's so kind of like I'll what's, th- yeah, that's kind of like what's been going on. This kind of what's gonna happen. Um, so technically that's... I think so far though, I've been very satisfied this year of all the stuff I've played. It's been very nice. Uh, as we're getting closer and closer to the end of the year. I've actually had a lot of fun uh, this year in games specifically. It's just been a lot of everything. I've actually enjoyed the fact that I've gotten to take uh, time to test out a little bit of everything. Um, like I have a, a designated PC now. And it, it's it's really nice to be able to like try some of the other stuff as well. It's really good. So being able to try all that. And there's a lot of stuff to look forward to. There's plenty more that we're going to be talking about in the next... Uh, a week or so, and so, and including some interesting things that I hope we can really touch upon next week. So, as as far as I can see, I mean, I've had a good amount of time this year, good amount of fun this year. So far, the months have been nice, and uh, the I feel like December's got a lot of nice little releases in it too. So, I'm looking forward to that. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun.
We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Modern Retrospect. We're glad to be back and delivering new episodes per week. We hope you stay tuned for more. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everything else. If you enjoy our ramblings, please feel free to subscribe, rate us, or leave a message through email, social media, or voice so we can hear your feedback on today's topic. You want more retro hits and modern bits? Just hop on back, because we're definitely back. You have a good one. Joseph. What? Bet you can't stick it. You're on.